If you're a Cleveland Browns fan looking for a break from the emotional roller coaster that is the price we pay from loving than hating our Browns, then a big welcome to Cleveland Browns Anonymous, a group therapy podcast to help you survive the season. So let's start our meeting. Hi, everybody. Sunny day here in Cleveland on Monday, but it's not Victory Monday. With me once again, Brooke Riley, to do a uh, post-game recap. Brooke, how you doing on non-Victory Monday, or should we call that uh, Defeat Monday? <laughs> I think Defeat Monday works better. I don't. I don't remember growing up with Victory Mondays, you know. But then again, the Browns, you know, in the '60s and were, uh, you know, they were always winning. But, uh, you know, there is a tendency each game win, you know, we're about to go to the Super Bowl and we lose and we're about to go go winless. So there is a tendency to overreact. But uh, some things are starting to um, come into view. And first off, I want to talk about an article I read this morning the always excellent Bill Barnwell of ESPN. I think you have to be an ESPN insider to read it, but Barnwell was breaking down the five quarterbacks that uh, are about to get moved out. And one of them, of course, was Baker Mayfield, who looked absolutely terrible yesterday against a very weak Arizona Cardinal defense. So it looks like- Two uh, plays on that game, actually. One got batted down. The other was underthrown. Oh, and behind the guy. Yeah. Yeah, so so much for the shoulder. And I think uh, what that begs the question is, obviously, Andrew Barry and his sharp-eyed crew last year or the year before saw something in Baker which gave them some hesitancy to give him, you know, that big contract which why he went into uh, 2021 with uh, playing out his last contract. And of course, you know, he totally bombed after the shoulder surgery, but you know, the, the signs were in the air, especially you think back at the Kansas city playoff game where, you know, once again, he couldn't bring the team down for a sustained drive when it really mattered. But my, the big question hanging out there, given Baker looking so bad with Carolina not having a Kevin Stefanski quarterback whisperer in is why was Baker allowed to continually start in games last year when he was clearly inferior? He has the shoulder repaired this year and he looks as bad as he did in about six or seven of those games that the Browns could have, could have easily won your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just curious if I'm sure knowing the front office and the coaching staff, they really saw that season as an evaluation of Baker. I think they might've realized that, you know what, evaluating him, seeing how he plays is more important than necessarily winning. I know that sounds I'm probably wrong, but I definitely think part of their decision-making was we need to know if this is our quarterback for the next four to five years, or if he's not. And I think what they should have done is when they realized and it was probably halfway through the season that, okay, not only is he 
not the right quarterback for us, but he's hurt. And I don't know why. I mean, it just, it just, it just pisses me off. Cause if we had Jacoby in that system last year, I think we would have made the playoffs. Now hey, we it's hard for me to with Case Keenum, quite frankly, Case Keenum was a Stefanski product. Look at, I'm not Brooke and, and everybody out there who's listening. I'm not trying to rehash the podcast we did earlier on, on Baker, but I'm trying to connect a dot to Joe Woods because we're seeing the same thing play out with, with an underperforming defense with the Browns. And, and that's what killed the Browns yesterday. Well, so once again, we had another blown coverage for a 50-yard-plus reception. Uh, Mariota, who was doing nothing on the passing game, once again became Patrick Mahomes as Joe Woods dialed up his zone coverage. And once again, Denzel Ward, who was playing lights out man to man, got mixed up in the coverage. And so I'm connecting the dot to the Browns organization. They should have pulled Baker. In fact, think about if they had pulled Baker halfway through the season, especially after the, you know, the Detroit game, maybe before the Detroit game. They would have easily made the playoffs. Case Keenum as a Jacoby Brissett type game manager would have won at least half the games we lost. Certainly the Green Bay game, the Baltimore game, the Pittsburgh game, where Baker would just looked awful. But not only would have they made the playoffs with Case doing his Nick Foles impression when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but Baker's trade value would have been higher. Yeah. Um, because everybody would have chalked up his shoulder injury and you know, now you're sitting on a Baker who some hapless Washington Commanders type team would have, you know, paid a a king's ransom. I mean, look at the look at the uh, picks that were traded for Carson Wentz. Uh, the Commanders went after Carson Wentz. Wentz, the Colts played a paid a king's ransom to get Carson Wentz the uh, the year before. And if only, you know, the hapless Carolina Panthers were too stupid to pay, give us a fifth round draft pick, nobody else wanted to touch Baker, we would have maintained his trade value. Now, here we are, once again, Joe Woods, his second season, the, the defense is loaded with good players. And they just got ran, ran all over. Um, Mariota, all he could do was was hand the ball off. His passing was terrible. In fact, he's on the bubble per Bill Barnwell that he's going to get shot. Um, so you kind of wonder, where is the eight in the box and the man-to-man, which is what Joe Woods needed to adjust to. But you kind of wonder whether Joe Woods, like Kevin Stefanski, is once again an NFL lifer who's too so wedded to their scheme that they can't see outside of a certain box. Your thoughts, Brooke? My thoughts are... I have two thoughts. One is I want our football team to model the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens. They haven't changed coaches. I mean, John Harbaugh's or yeah, is it John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh? I forget. One of the Harbaugh's, he's been there for 16 years. He's had John some Harbaugh. great season. Yeah. He's had some good seasons. He's had some eh kind of seasons. Same with Mike Tomlin. 
I want stability. Now the hard part is figuring out, okay, Stefanski, year three, shiny new quarterbacks waiting in the wings. I think we stick it out. But Joe Woods has to go. I mean, I'm hearing stuff on the radio that, you know, the defense in the second half just just got annihilated. And it really, it really gets me upset. And I think you really summarized it well in the last podcast was, you know, Joe Woods is the type of guy where he's not going to change his defense. He's not going to make the adjustments. Whereas a Bill Belichick, uh, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, Andy Reid, they adapt their defense based on who they're playing. And that's how it should be. But the whole idea of, nope, this is my defense, pound the table, you come in and beat me. Well, you just got ran over by the Atlanta Falcons yeah, and the terrible. New York Jets. I mean, we lost, like, if you would have told me, hey, Brooke, after four games, you're going to be two and two. And I'm like, okay, we probably lost to the Steelers and lost to the Panthers. No, you lost to the Jets and you lost to the Falcons with freaking Marcus Mariota. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski, when you've got easy wins on the table, I don't care what you do. You adjust your defense. You adjust your offense. I want you to go into Atlanta with a bottom five team and whoop their butt. Well, look at the equation for the Browns winning is, is simple. Ball control, cut down on turnovers, game manage, and play stout defense. The two losses that the Browns had, is not on the offense, which everybody thought would be a problem with Brissett at quarterback. They were envisioning another Baker Mayfield back there where we're just hanging on, hanging on until uh, Deshaun Watson comes in. But the reality is our defense has killed us. And, you know, if Joe Woods wants to be this, you know, will come and beat me, that's kind of like Baker continually telling Kevin Stefanski, no, I want to play. I'm, I'm starting. No, no, this is why you have a head coach and a general manager. You don't have the quarterback, the entitled quarterback named Baker Mayfield, who clearly is regressing in front of your eyes, dictating whether he should start or not. And if Stefanski is going to get up there on the lectern and say, well, we think he brings us the best chance of win." That is another effing cliche, just like Joe Woods saying, this is my defense. This is what we're running. Stop me. This kind of cliche bullshit is why teams never get to the next level. You have constantly have to evolve and adapt. And Joe Woods is clearly not a defensive coordinator. Now, if you want continuity, Brooke, like the Steelers, think about how many uh, offensive coordinators the Steelers have cycled through. Yeah, Tomlin's been the head coach, but they have no problem pulling a coordinator out who's not doing the job. Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. Getting your house ready to sell or you just need some basic repairs. 
and you can't get anybody to come out or even return your phone call. Then call Riley Painting and Contracting, your home mechanics. For all of your home repair needs, from electrical, plumbing, roof repairs, and getting your house ready to sell. 45 years in the business, a triple A on the Better Business Bureau, and we're on the preferred contractor list in Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights. You can contact us by calling 216-371-8160 and leave a message, and guess what? We'll call you back. Same thing with Harbaugh. Look what Harbaugh did three years ago. He benched Flacco and he put in uh, Lamar Jackson. Completely reoriented his offense. And off they went, the Ravens. You if, Look, at, when you're a head coach, you've got to be decisive and you've got to be able to make a decision that may ruffle some feathers. But it's for the bigger interest of the team. Yeah. Hands down. You know, but my second point that I was going to say is, and this analogy hit me uh, yesterday, was, you know, I wonder if Stefanski is like that girlfriend you get after you've just gotten out of the worst relationship of your life. And this new girlfriend, she's going to be nice. She's going to be polite. She's not going to... You know, it's not going to blow you away or, you know, make you go crazy. But is she the love of your life? No. So I wonder if like what this team needed was just like a grown up in the room to come in, you know, fix the situation as best you can. And, you know, maybe he's not the right guy. And listen, I've never met Jimmy Haslam. I'd love to meet Jimmy Haslam uh, and just pick his brain about this whole team ever since he bought it. But knowing Jimmy and at least what he's done in the past, when he just shelled out $230 million fully guaranteed, trust me, he's going to He's going to trust his gut and be like, you know what, the situation, it ain't working. And I'm getting a coach who I know can really utilize this offense, fix this defense as best as possible. And there's one guy out there that I think I could see that situation happening. Sean, I don't know if Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton, baby. Recycling the old pot. But th- that's the Browns mentality. Look at th- – Look, at Stefanski is a good coach. He could oh, be yeah. a great coach. Andrew Barry is a very, very good GM. The kind of and they're both young. The, ta- the kind of talent they put on the field is as good as what the Guardians have been doing. I mean, t- top to bottom, their drafts are stellar, it seems. The O-line they have. I mean, just go down the list. The O-line the running backs, the depth of running backs, picking up Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder. I think there was there's some promise on the defensive line. Tommy Togay coming into a second year. I think we saw some good things, some good things yesterday with the defensive line. The way they drafted in the secondary, but they've got the wrong they've got the wrong uh, coordinator. That that's the clog in the gutter. That, those are the leaves that have to go. Um, he is, we need 
we need a Callahan, our O-line coach Callahan doing the defensive coordinator using the talents that they have because because lost in the Baker drama last year was a defense that when the chips were down could not win the game. They could not stop Big Ben as he marched down the field dinking and dunking. And that that's what killed us. And so Stefanski and Barry have to, you know, really have to look in the mirror and have to, and that's where Jimmy Haslam comes in. Jimmy Haslam uh, does not want to listen to fans cliche. He wants, you know, you, you know, Brooke, when you're managing, you're listening to your, your people that you're delegating authority to, you know, we had talked about that, you know, in an office meeting, but at the end of the day, you're listening as to what is their reasoning behind this decision. And if it's a bunch of cliches where they don't want to admit they're wrong, they don't want to admit that they need to grow and change, then you got to get rid of that person. That's one of the number one reasons why you fire somebody because they've either reached their ceiling or now they're negatively impacting on the talent that's on the field. And a week ago, I said in a podcast, John Dorsey, to his credit, saw the toxic dysfunction of Hugh Jackson and the, the uh, offensive coordinator that was brought in from Pittsburgh that Tomlin fired, and he made the right call. And we need to make the right call uh, or at least put uh, Joe Woods on probation. Final thoughts, Brooke? Final thoughts are the bye week is after the Cincinnati game, week nine, right after Halloween. So if there's going to be a change at all in the defensive coaching tree, that's when it'll come. Right. And it's perfect. It's slapped in the middle of our season. So yeah, I just look, you can't, you can't blow a lead against the freaking jets at home and you can't stop the Falcons running the ball. I think it was like 15 straight times. I'm sorry. That's, that's unacceptable. I don't care if miles Garrett's not out there. You got JOK. You got Grant Delpit. You got Denzel Ward. Just stop the ball. Stop the run. Make them throw. Make them beat you with Mariotto's arm. Exactly. I got one final thought. Uh, checking my notes on this podcast, and that's getting back to Stefanski and Jacoby Brissett. You know, Stefanski, I have not listened to talk radio this morning, but I certainly read some stuff by Terry Pluto and Cleveland.com about why is Stefanski abandoning the run? We had second and one. Second and one after Peoples-Jones caught that 50-yard bomb. Second and one. And Stefanski calls a pass play with Brissett, who is no Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, Brissett looked like Baker. Just run the ball four times. Okay, run the you've ball. Got Nick Chubb, right? And you've in got, my opinion, the best running back in the league, right? Yeah, and you know what? And the the this, this is on Stefanski. I'm not going to blame Brissett. I think Brissett 
show not, where, his, yeah, no. where his ceiling where his ceiling is. He's um, fine. He's fine. He's gonna. He's not going to lose you the game. He's not going to be Baker. He's going to be uh, above average backup quarterback. He's going to be in the top ten. If you let him run, if you just stay true to your discipline and run the ball, period. Just keep running it, running it, running it, and dump offs to Najoku and with the occasional bombs, you know, the people joke. And I'll tell you another guy that's getting underutilized, and I think um, Jacoby, hopefully his eyes were opened in watching the game films, is um, our slot receiver, Paul Bell, David Bell. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, David, David Bell. Bell. This guy looks like a young Jarvis. He runs precise routes, and I think Brissett is going to discover David Bell like he discovered Amari Cooper in game two. Yeah. And I think um, – so I'm going to cut Jacoby some slack, and I'm, I'm going to cut Stefanski a little bit of slack as well on the offensive side because I think Stefanski's learning what Jacoby can do because he's, fi- he's finally got a quarterback – like Case Keenum, who's going to run the offense as described and laid out by Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt. And they, they know what they, now they're starting to know what they've got in Jacoby and Jacoby is starting to learn what he has in the totality of his offense. So that's my, my final thought. And I'll be interested to see if we get uh, miles and Clowney back. I think we'll know they said uh, on Wednesday, at least for, a health check on them. Okay. Well, Brooke and everybody, we'll do a uh, a podcast Thursday or Friday leading up to the game on Sunday. So, all right. Well, that's our recap for now, and we'll uh, we'll catch you guys later in the week. All See right. You, Sounds good. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browns Anonymous podcast with Mike Riley. We have a lot more content on the way as we get this new podcast started. You can also check out some of our other podcasts like the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast and other new ones that will start soon. On any platform that you find yourself listening to us on, feel free to leave us a like or comment or follow us. It always helps.